Welcome to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of low-budget cinema. The sleep of reason gives birth to monsters. Hi, my name's Chris, and along with Jeff, we're bringing you the very best and worst of horror, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic wasteland, kung fu, and women in prison movies from the 1960s to today. Check us out at reallyawfulmovies.com. From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode three, Land of Doom. Land of Doom, L-O-D. L-O-D. Um, so... Chris, I'm going to leave it up to you to uh, encapsulate the plot. I think it would take about two seconds. <laughs> two seconds. Uh, yeah. Venturing to Turkey again, which is where your hunter from the future was lensed. The exact same the exact locale. Same locale. The exact same desert and caves as that film uh-huh. comes this post-apocalyptic, crappy Mad Max. I don't want to say rip-off because that's uncharitable. Um homage homage that's yeah, the classy way of saying it, rip off but mm-hmm. it's it's basically mad max so you got a landscape where there's a plague going around and humanity has been pretty much decimated with the exception of a bunch of motorcycle ragtag <laughs> bunch of motorcycle riding ruffians dressed raiders. in leather they're known as raiders and they look like I guess Oakland Raider football fans, they have leather and studs, and basically the Judas Priest circa 1986. And they got about the same muscle tone as Rob Halford as well, so that's <laughs> Rob, kind of interesting. Yes. Now, one thing I was uh, I find very interesting about these uh, sort of post-apocalyptic Mad Max-esque films is we never really, uh, we're never really told what caused the apocalypse. No. No. no it's just, we can, it, we can it's intuit that it was this plague, but that, sort of the plague, plague yeah. could be just affecting these, these, uh, these uh, you know, easy riders over here in the desert. Mm-hmm. But we, yeah, we're definitely not sure what precipitated it. No. Maybe no. global warming. Maybe global warming. Um, that is uh, a culprit for many a thing. For those who have seen Birdemic, you'll know what I'm talking about. Oh. But anyway, uh, it is a Mad Max ripoff, but as you said in, uh, in our review, it's more like a Mad Max scene. Mad Maxine, yes. yes. So we have a female protagonist right. instead Harmony. of Mel Gibson. Harmony, yes. Very, very uh, interesting name. Uh, ironically named. Ironically named, named Harmony yeah. because I've never seen somebody who uh, kicks more people in the groin over the course of 90 minutes than Harmony. Over the course of 90 minutes, there I think there was at least five or six groin kicks. So that was, you know, that was uh, Three Stooges-esque. So we have this groin kicking. Yeah. Groin kicking uh, female protagonist, femme fatale, femme fatale who inexplicably wears uh, what appears to be a thong uh, outside her khaki pants on the exterior of her the, pants. Yeah, um, maybe this is the uh, the style of whenever this movie uh, is post apocalyptic uh, Turkey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Harmony hooks up with uh, Anderson. Yeah, so we should first say that Harmony is played by Deborah Renard. Deborah Renard. She is probably best known for. I guess her role in Dallas, if you saw, I never watched it. She was also known for being the ex-wife of director Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis, the only man to be known after a disgusting Scottish, uh, (laughs) meat product. Meat product, but anyway. (laughs) Yes. Um, And she's quite gorgeous to look at. Yeah, she's 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 fairly attractive. Yeah, I would say so, definitely. But the problem with her is that she does not like to be touched. And this, this sentiment is reiterated at least ten times in the mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. It seems like 
I don't like being touched. I can take care of myself. I can take care of myself. the sole dialogue she has for 90 minutes. I would say so. I mean, there's one thing that you can firmly establish after 90 minutes of Lana Dune is that Harmony can take care of herself. Yeah, can take care of herself. Does not need any help. Does not does not need any help from anyone. Does not need any help from anyone and does not like to be touched. Except that's when... Anderson comes into the picture. Anderson, yeah. Anderson. Anderson's the one who's going to melt uh, the frosty heart of Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> He's another lone wolf trying to survive in this desert wasteland. Mm-hmm. And the two of them, I guess on her part, reluctantly team up so that they can fend off this band of raiders and fulfill their quest. They, their quest. Their, their quest sort of, is yeah, to... Uh, it's like the Odyssey, except <laughs> except not except well stupid. Really, stupid. But yeah, no. I mean, they want they want to go to you know, some land to escape the plague. They want to head south. They want to head south, which seems odd because it seems seems really hot where they are now. Well, you can't, yeah, exactly. how could south of this be any better? But right. anyway, so they're basically like snowbirds. I mean, you know, they want to head south. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so and then of course along the way they meet uh, quite the colorful cast of characters. Um, one of whom uh, invites them in for a repast, and as you can imagine, <laughs> as you can imagine, it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland, and you can't just go to your local Whole Foods and pick up, pick up some tomatoes. The land is spare and unforgiving, and so they are taken into this cave, dwelling by this what turns out to be a guy with a, some inexplicable French accent. He, yes. Where in the midst of post-apocalyptic <laughs> did he pick up this stereotypical <laughs> Le Pew accent? <laughs> maybe, maybe Frenchmen are of such strong constitution that they were the last people surviving. So Keith Richards, Frenchman and roaches, <laughs> and he, he migrated to the Turkish desert. God knows what. Anyway, he turns out to be a cannibal. A cannibal, yeah. So his uh, overtures of, um, you know, a, f- a friendly... A friendly uh, dinner were obviously not uh, well received. No. Uh, so there's that. They meet up with him, and they also meet up with our the uh, medieval loving, balding. Yeah, I guess George Carlin lookalike once What's, again. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we uh, forget his name, but he's he's an interesting character because he's making do in the desert with nothing more than uh, a bicycle. A, not a motorbike like everyone else has, I guess because he's not a member a of Schwinn, the Raiders a game. A Schwinn. A 10 speed, basically, yeah. And a bazooki, that Greek <laughs> stringed instrument of terrible Greek restaurant fame. And also a puppy, which seems a like puppy a... named Guinevere. Named Guinevere. Yeah. That would seem to be a... To, to, a pet would be to one's detriment if they're trying to survive in a One hostile of the most incongruous <laughs> elements of the film is there's a roving gangs of homicidal... Mm motorbike driving lunatics trying to kill everyone and rob them and this character has a cute puppy he has a cute puppy named Guinevere the name Guinevere yeah. and, and naturally because this is PG-13 1980s fair you know that this puppy is not going to meet with an untimely demise no definitely not at least not that we know of maybe you know in the sunstroke uh, after the credits roll but you know we can only guess at that point but, uh, okay so now at this point we got to talk about Slayer Slater, yes. Uh, the uh, if I were to pick a name for a group of roving desert bandits, um, a leader, of a, a leader yeah. of, of such a group, it would not be Slater. It'd be like Rip or something. Rip, or yeah. Tanner Slater sounds something like the captain of the football team. Exactly. Or the, but but the thing about the, the Slater, you gotta give out, you gotta you, give him props. Give him props for his hair. The guy had great hair. 
a great luxurious blonde. A great luxurious pompadour. Pompadour, with a, with a striped down the middle. Striped down the middle. <laughs> it, it, the hair was not dissimilar to uh, that of, um, well, like in his prime, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Yeah. And yeah. he actually spoke in a lisp somewhat similar to, uh, to the Ric Nature Flair. Boy Ric well, Flair. Well. The, the wrestling similarities don't uh, end there because the Raiders gang look like the tag team of yore, the Legion of Doom. And or Demolition. And or Demolition, which is, which is a ripoff. Rip so the ripoffs <laughs> yeah. continue. And speaking of ripoffs, uh, there's another, uh, there's some other characters that we were introduced to uh, later on in the film uh, that are shameless. Shameless. Forget homage. These are ripoffs. These are ripoffs of the Sand People from Star Wars with the exact same voices, exact same hoods, exact same height, mm -hmm. exact same residence. Yeah. as the sand people yeah yeah so they just lifted the sand people the right sand. out of star wars yeah so i mean basically so now we got we, we got ripoff of uh post-apocalyptic uh wrestlers that are basically oh. ripping off post-apocalyptic <laughs> australian uh movies uh ripping off of course mad max and you got a ripoff of star wars as well so this is oh. like a ripoff trifecta which it's is quite <laughs> quite interesting and uh basically all this leads to the uh, the climactic battle which for some reason is scored to there's some peppy soundtrack that sounds like like a more of a marching band celebrating. I would say it sounds like, like the beginning of like a cheap regional morning show of some sort, <laughs> like Wake Up Schenectady <laughs> or something. It was like, you know, it's like. <laughs> and then our, uh, and of course, our... <laughs> yeah, this involved a, a shoot 'em up as our our um, evil villain Slater and his <laughs> band of raiders try and take down our illustrious duo. Yes, and then our puppy loving uh, friend, uh, of course, swoops comes in, in swoops to save in the to day, save and uh, does so with uh, rather avant garde weaponry. He has a flamethrower. Flamethrower. Uh, how he he acquired this material is 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 amazing, but it, it only shoots really a. <laughs> a diameter of about a, a meter or two, but he right, uses right. this to great effect, spraying people fifty <laughs> meters and beyond from his, from his cave. So, yeah. anyway, yeah, and um, yeah. So I mean, uh, in Congress music, bodies flying everywhere, bodies flying everywhere, uh, groin kicks galore, groin, oh, groin, uh, groin kicks galore. I mean, like, harmony with uh, that—that's her finishing maneuver. I would say, she's, I would say, yeah, she's uh, <laughs> she definitely likes the the good kick in the um, in, the, in the groin, but. Uh, and uh, the movie ends on a somewhat uh, ambiguous note mm -hmm. because uh, there's really no resolution. I mean, they, I, I think they might have been, the, the filmmakers might have been a little optimistic, uh, thinking there might be a sequel. There might be a sequel. Do they find their promised land, this, land of this nebulous south region, the south, the, yeah, yeah. The part of uh, this Turkish desert that yeah, we've yeah. seen so, yeah, so frequently before? We don't know. Maybe from Land of Doom they would discover the Temple of Doom or something. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> There's definitely something they could have discovered and yeah, uh, ripped, they off could have ripped off in Indiana Jones, you know? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Land of Doom. So, um, you did review it on the site. What we did, did you, actually review yeah. it on our site, uh, reallyawfulmovies.com. Mm -hmm. uh, this one, I guess it depends on your tastes for post-apocalyptic wastelands mm -hmm. and your affinity to for such uh, films. I like, I like post-apocalyptic wastelands. Well, I'm, I'm, I have a... Yeah, I've been to Schenectady, so there okay, you go. Yeah. Uh, I would yeah, I give it a, so, a solid three and a half stars. Three and a half stars. Three and a half. Well worth your time. Well worth your yeah. time. Uh, comely star. Uh, some groin kicks. Some flame throwing. Some groin kicks. Some groin many kicks many groin kicks. Lots yeah. of uh, driving around in dune buggy type uh, type um, vehicles mm -hmm. and. Yeah, well worth one's time. So I guess what did we learn? So okay, but I just, I just want to say, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna be as generous as you. I'm gonna give it three stars. Three star. I did enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it quite as much as you, but it was. I mean, in fact, well, I don't know. Slater's hair might just give that extra half a star. So let's just say three and a half stars. What did I learn? Uh, 
Harmony does not like, like to, be to be touched. touched yeah. And Harmony does not need anyone help, anyone's no. help. Harmony can get by on her own. And another thing we've learned is that yep. once you're chained to a wall by a nefarious supervillain, it's not that hard to be saved and extricated from it. And it's not too hard to escape his clutches despite having uh, several hundred henchmen. So as far as evil supervillains go, uh, he's not particularly effective. No, no. Uh, I also learned that uh, Bazooki and a bicycle are quite um, essential <laughs> items. <laughs> essential survival items. So after the, the apocalypse. Yeah. So uh, make sure you hold on to that uh, Greek instrument and that uh, 10 speed. Uh, yes. And uh, if you have a puppy on toe as well, hey, you know, that increases your chance of survival <laughs> even more, especially in a PG-13 movie from the 80s. So Why not? Anyway, uh, for more, check out reallyawfulmovies.com. We'll see you soon.